Welcome to Virtual Theater, the podcast all about video game movies and the stories that shape them. My name is Andy Spateri, joined by Gooey Fame. Goo, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm drinking a little sparkling water. I'm ready to go. Nice. Yeah. I got a coffee and a Mr. Yes. Mug. It says Mr. on it, so I'm feeling oh. pretty, uh, pretty badass right over here in cold Calgary, Alberta, but... Uh, Ooh. Wow, it is, uh, it's bittersweet, because this is the end of a, of a very, uh, very proud virtual theater tradition, and, uh, you know, I guess we should, we should say, too, that this is, uh, we're getting close to, I don't <laughs> think we've quite hit it yet, but th- we're yeah. getting close to the three-year anniversary of virtual theater, can True. you believe that? yeah. Oh yeah, that's crazy. I'm I'm pretty stoked about that. Uh, that's that is unbelievable, and that's that's a great achievement. And I feel like uh, I, I feel like we should pat ourselves on the back because when we started it. this, like like video, I feel like especially last year, like video game movie stuff just like exploded, and everybody's making adaptations I, <laughs> of everything. I got I got pizza with Moss earlier, and he was saying like now every day he sees like I there definitely were podcasts like probably a million podcasts about video game movies before we did it, but like there's like I think I think probably like a lot of people just had a lot more free time or were stuck at home and started a lot more podcasts, but there have been a lot of new video game movie podcasts. And so it's like cool, like and just like, I'm, yeah. I yeah, I don't know, like we, that doesn't say anything about us. I just think, you know, like when at the time it seemed like, oh, this is a fun concept, and now it's like, yeah, power power to them all yeah. though. Shout out to all those podcasts. I hope they're having fun. Oh, yeah, like we are. Much love, and and I hope that they are getting to the conclusions that we've gotten to, and. uh I, I, I want to tell a story. I already told you this story, but I'm going to tell the story again. Before we get into Star Wars, which I... Actually, I promise I'll kind of wrap this story all together. But I was in right. the Omega <laughs> Metroid Discord server. Every, and, and people oh, we were talking yes. about our favorite movies, right? And I'm just like, you know what's one of my favorite movies of all time? And they were like, what? And I was like, the Super Mario Brothers movie. And everybody in there, to a man, was like, oh, that movie sucks. That movie is garbage. And, and I'm like, you know what? Why don't you like it? And nobody could give me a good reason except for the fact that they knew they knew they weren't supposed to like it. And then mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. one guy, I, when I challenged them on that, one guy's like, well, the acting isn't very good. The direction is, is bad. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, when's the last time you watched this movie? John Linguizamo, mm-hmm. Samantha Mathis. Like, they have great chemistry. Bob Hoskins is having a ball. Dennis Hopper is, is just... He's having the most fun of any guy in the world in this movie. It, like, people shit on this movie because they were trained to. They were supposed to. And I feel like this podcast has really kind of, like, opened my mind in a way to to just be like, you know what, these movies, and we've, we've talked about this ad nauseum, but, like, these movies aren't bad. They're just regular movies. And then I feel like... You've kind of told the story before about the prequels, and I, and, you know, we've been talking about the Matrix a lot, and I think I feel the same way about the Matrix sequels, where it's like, mm-hmm. man, everybody shit on these movies because they were supposed to, because somebody said that they weren't good, and then it became cool to like them, 
And one of the great joys of this podcast is like I have reignited my love for the for the for the prequels. Like they're awesome. Same, they're silly, yeah. they're goofy, they're fantastic. I've reignited my love for like the Matrix sequels. I've re like all that stuff that that was supposed to be lame and you're supposed to not like, like fuck that. I, so I that this podcast yeah. has brought me there. Um it reminds me of what what you were responding to me today on Twitter about Spider-Man 3. Um, we don't got to get into that movie, but it, it just made me think about that time in my... Because this movie, Star Wars, came out in 2005. And a lot of... Like, 2005 to, like, 2000... You know, the early... That era, when I started to become, like, in my late teens, and I started, I started working... But then I also, like, all my spare time was going to, like, playing... I was playing in bands and stuff like that. Um, and I became a little less interested in, like, movies like I was when I kid, when I was a kid. And I think, like, it also, like, a lot of those movies, that opinion, like, started to come about. And I, I started... I, I just immediately kind of forgot about a lot of them or kind of wrote them off. You know what I mean? And then it was actually movies, like... I mean, this is only a few years later, but it was like, I think when I saw like the dark Knight, where it was like, I didn't feel embarrassed <laughs> about liking a movie. That's a little silly. You know what I mean? Cause it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, there are silly things in it, but it's, it's very serious. And that, and then after that, the MCU where I was like, Oh, this knows it's silly. I said this on our matrix episodes, but, but anyway, coming full circle to not just the prequels, but also a lot of the movies we covered, I think I still had a little bit of that too when we started the show. I remember we we've kind of reappraised those early movies we covered that we were kind of negative on, and then I think have gone down the line and kind of really I don't know started to appreciate stuff like Mortal Kombat, Resident Evil, uh, you know, the those ones that I I think even even though those have their fans that like most people just say like video game movies are bad you know (laughs) like and you just don't really that's just the like canon opinion almost you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and yeah Yeah. i don't know this whole show i i don't know sometimes i'm kind of embarrassed like when i think about like the way i tried to look at some of our er, the movies in our early episodes but you know i guess that's you can listen to this and just hear um it's it's fun to hear i guess my opinion change on these things I, I kind of feel that actually because I was uh, I was listening to I was listening to a few episodes kind of to get re caught up for for like this episode so I was listening to Star Wars one and two and I hate listening to myself on podcasts yeah like same, like same. <laughs> even at that but time. I'm listening to these shows and like I, one episode kind of went into the other and I just let it play and it was like Resident Evil uh, Afterlife the second one yeah it like I was just like fuck like why did it, like yeah this movie's dumb this movie's not good but like it's you know it's just kind of popcorn fun and like i i was just kind of like uh i, I kind of wish i had that one back a little bit and like uh-huh. you know i was i was shitting on a lot of things in that movie and i i feel like i was just like yeah oh i i don't know i i feel like i sound kind of like a like a wiener here you know yeah it's it's uh, that's how i feel too i mean it's whatever that that's kind of what sucks about documenting yourself for so long is your opinions do change and you come you know you come back around so like we didn't do anything about us you know talking about some of these movies like star wars and saying 
those things. But I, I think about like, what if I had a podcast where I talked about Star Wars like 10 years ago? I'd probably like, I'd probably delete it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Actually, that that reminds me, like it's, it still sticks in my head. I think there was like an early episode of Backtracking where I made a offhand remark about, we weren't even talking about Star Wars, but I was like, and there's people out there who say the prequels are good. And like, even though it, no one probably remembers this, I I think it like I thought about it because I was like, well, wait a minute, I haven't seen them in a while, <laughs> and now I think about it all the time, and I wanna, I think I want to apologize to the prequels because rewatching them, I was like, this is fucking amazing. Yeah, I I think that what has changed for me is like just kind of realizing like. And I think that Marvel has kind of helped me get to this point where it's like there can be a point where like a movie is too good or like too perfect. And and when that yeah. point happens, it's just like, fuck, like I, this just uh, it, it feels like sterile or lifeless or whatever. And like like those I mean, those Marvel movies, like they they walk the same way, they talk the same way, they move the same way. And it, like I, I you know, go to it's uh, like a movie like this. It's crazy, and it's not all good, but, like, the parts that are good are, like, okay, this is sweet. Yeah, and to me, it's, I think some of this stuff is kind of made more interesting by its rough edges. I'm not saying there aren't issues or, like, all issues make it good, but, like, I think some movies are sometimes better because they are those awkward things because... They, they, it feels like someone made them, and I feel like Marvel movies. It, it feels more like, real. I, I feel like. Yeah, I don't know. I, I used to even kind of. That's another. That's another thing that I kind of wish. Like, God, why did I spend so long? Like, like, getting so into this, but I feel like I would always argue about like how, like how good certain Marvel movies are. And I'm not saying there are plenty that I really like, actually, but I, I think they do take this thing of like. They sand off all the rough edges. They're like, I don't know, what's what's awkward in a movie? Like, I don't know, like awkward sex scenes or like um uh nothing can be too goofy, you know, like and if it is goofy, we gotta we gotta point it out that we know it's goofy and like you know, stuff like that, where it's like what what are the things that like someone somewhere might make fun of, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> right. And yeah, I, th- that's what I, uh, I love about a movie like um, Star Wars and The Matrix, where it's like it's made by a person, a person or people who are like, they they don't care. They're they're I mean they do care, but they're they're just trying to express themselves. You know what I mean? It's like even though they are these great giant blockbuster pictures, it is like for better or for worse, it's coming from someone's like very creative mind and in the case of the the star wars movie here it's like someone's very insane vision i think um (laughs) but yeah i don't know and yeah like i said not to say like no movies are bad or something like that i'm just saying certain movies that are viewed of as bad are you know it's maybe not for the right reasons or whatever you know yeah i i think that that's fair and and i think that uh I also, I didn't mean to dog on Marvel movies necessarily, because I agree with you. There's a lot of them that I really like. And, like, I mean, they're so good, it's, it's like, it's hard to have a bad Marvel movie. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I feel like every Marvel movie that I've seen has since, like, let's say 2010 has been at least, yeah. like, 
pretty good, if not great. But yeah, I, I kind of feel like this one with the rough edges, I, I feel like it just adds a little something to to the formula or to the to the movie that is maybe missing in in some you know later movies that are coming out now. Because I mean, like you know, we're in the age of Disney and live action everything and live action anime and live act like you know, and, and this. It, I mean, it is. It's crazy, and I feel like those flaws and mistakes that it make kind of uh, humanize it a bit to right. me, which is funny because this is a movie about fucking space wizards and Gungans and, you know, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that I appreciate, like, you know, I, I can appreciate kind of honing in on the prequels here specifically, um, the, like, the world building and the vision and stuff. I, I think that the execution in a detailed scene-by-scene scene dialogue basis, as we've kind of talked about the last few years, is certainly the weakness of this trilogy. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe you could argue Star Wars in general, but, like, this trilogy for sure had bad dialogue. No no one I don't think is going to not acknowledge that. But, man, like, the, the, the vision and, like, the overarching, like, once you take a step back and look at the bullet point story, like, it's so cool. I was watching this last night, and, like, Dude, when Palpatine, and we'll get into this, but like, I was just like blown away. Just like, fuck, this is awesome. Yeah. 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 I, I feel like, yeah, well, we're, we're definitely, um, singing its praises now. So again, I want to apologize to the prequels. Maybe in 10 years, I won't like them again, but I, I don't know. They've, they've really left a mark on me now. I think, I mean, I don't know. I think. I'll always have changing opinions, but I, I just feel like you go through so much when you're maturing and coming of age of like not wanting to seem stupid or lame. You know what I mean? Like that stuff I've always dealt with. And now I feel like I'm just solidly adult. I'm like, I don't I don't care. Like, I, I guess I just like this. I'm not really too worried about that sort of thing, you know, like of seeming cheesy because I know I'm you're once you get old, you just might as well embrace you know, whether you're cheap, yeah, um, you yeah, just can't help it. You can't help it is what the thing is. So you don't, you shouldn't worry about it. Just embrace the, yeah. the dad vibes, like the Limp Biscuit album. It all ties in. I think that's the new theme of our show is the dad vibes, Limp Biscuit. <laughs> Absolutely. A, a, a 10 out of 10 tie in there. Uh, no doubt. That was masterfully done. Thank you. All right. <laughs> you know what is up for the last two Christmases now. We have uh, spent the holidays talking about the Star Wars prequels, the much maligned Star Wars prequels that, uh, I don't know, maybe people are, are nicer to them in hindsight now because of the the way that the sequel trilogy ended. I think everybody has a bad taste in yeah. your mouth, whether you liked The Last Jedi or you hated it or you liked These... Rise of Skywalker, you hated it or... Even, like, these, people with Force Awakens are just like, fuck, this movie just copied the first Star Wars, like... These have gotten brought up as, like... Because, like, everything, there's sort of, like... Something comes out and there's, like, a war over it, you know? Like, a culture war, almost. And that happened, uh, I think, more particularly with The Last Jedi. And I, I think that might have been in the context I made that statement. I was, like, a big defender. Now I don't really... I just don't give a shit, like how people feel about certain movies, but I was a big defender, you know what I mean? And I think that was, mm -hmm. like, the bludgeon you use it as. Like, I was like, can you believe it? Like, people are trying to rehabilitate the prequels just so they can, like, come after this movie because they, they don't like it. And I, I thought that, like, 
and it, it just turns out no like there are just people who like them genuinely and that's fine <laughs> like i couldn't yeah i couldn't well, imagine just like you know enjoying these I remember going back and forth with The Last Jedi on you many years ago when that came out, uh, I want to say. Because I, I didn't really care for the movie. But, like, I yeah, Actually, I think that there are a lot of people like us out there. That, that, that when I think, you... for me, that was... I might I don't know if I suggested this. Yeah, I think I did. Because I... The, the Last Jedi and then the movie after that was kind of the inspiration for wanting to talk about these. Not necessarily because I specifically wanted to reevaluate them, but I remember... We did we did Endgame and it, it felt cool like let's do a tie-in and then I remember Star Wars was coming out that holiday and I was like I don't even want to fucking talk about this movie so let's let's like almost divorce ourselves from this reality I think, and go back I think you're right, and hang out with the prequels. That that lines up because two years ago would have been Rise of Skywalker and that would have been when we did the Phantom Menace. And, yeah, and then that's that. Yeah, that's totally accurate. <laughs> and then it turned me into one of those people who I'm like, yeah, the prequels are way better than any. I think any one of those movies. I'm starting to think. Well, and so I was gonna say, like, I think that there are certain metrics that you can look at and just say, like, I think that the prequels did this better than any other Star Wars movie. Like, if you're a fan of lightsaber fights, you probably like the prequels because the prequels have the best lightsaber fights in the series. I, I think that that's like pretty hard to argue against or like if you kind of like the socio-political thriller or or genre or anything like that like there's a Mm -hmm. lot of that in in the prequels as well and and i like both of those a lot um and like yeah there's there's goofy characters like jar jar fucking banks but like that's star wars you, you have uh yeah you have that in any star wars movie like you've got I mean, Yoda was kind of a goof in the original trilogy, and then the Ewoks, and then you got, uh, I don't even know what the hell, what was that, what was that little thing in Rise of Skywalker called? Little cute guy. Rise, uh, oh, Babu Frick? Babu Frick! Babu Frick, yeah, I love, I actually love Babu Frick, but he totally, like, I can also see the, the cynical behind the scenes, well, I don't know, you could, maybe you could say it's creative, but, like, Someone said, like, oh, every Star Wars has got to have, like, a fucked up little guy, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> yeah. let's let's do it. Let's do Babu Frick. But that's, yeah, that's because even, you know, say what you will about that movie, they know th- that's Star Wars. That's core. So they knew that. They knew you got to have yeah. a f- weird little guy. <laughs> yeah. So, I, yeah, my, and my point is that, like, I, I do think that if you compare the prequels to the other Star Wars movies, there are things that I think, like, objectively not subjectively but objectively there are things that these movies do better than the other star wars and and things that they do that the other star wars movies don't so like i it's it's not like unbelievable when somebody says like i love the prequels those are my favorite star wars movies it's like okay i i don't find that unbelievable and when someone's like i love the original trilogy it's like i yeah okay i i totally get that i think those are probably better acted so like i i get that or like even if someone was like i like the sequel trilogy the best like all right, man, those those have the best special effects and the best, like, you know, I think most of the characters are, are decent. So, like, I can see that, you know? I sort of feel like, yeah, like, if I was to at least compare the original trilogy to this, I feel like I would say the original trilogy, they're, they're more traditional films, and, and I really don't, you know, only the first one's directed by Lucas, and then the other ones are directed by other people, but you feel like those are those are like a film in a traditional sense like a 
a big collaborative collaborative work where you have people who specialize in different things working on different things like aspects of the movie which is obviously true mm-hmm. you know you have ver- that all di- many different people put uh work into this but the prequels i would say what is their kind of benefit but it also works against them is they're less traditional movies in that in that their structure is like insane the pacing is insane like it's <laughs> it's not made it doesn't have like that traditional movie feeling uh and it doesn't feel like it just feels like there was less of like maybe an editor to be like let's change the structure yeah. or a different writer this these prequels feel more purely the essence of the thought uh, in George Lucas's mind of what he put it down. It really does feel like, like it embodies him so much. I feel like more than uh, what he was able to put on screen uh, with the original movies, which is, can be both good and bad, but I don't know. I really, Oh yeah, totally. I just watch it and you, and I just think about him and I'm like, this guy is, it's fucking crazy, but he's, God damn, he's a genius. <laughs> I see. I, I don't know why, but it it, it made me uh, it makes me chuckle when you describe these movies as insane because like they, they are. <laughs> I mean, they are. <laughs> but you know, it was. I'm, like, I'm going to say something, and you real... can shit on this if you want to. Okay, go but, for it. Uh, so I I was I was watching this last night, and like there was some scene, and there's like a bunch of fucked up dialogue in it, and I was like, what? And I'm I'm thinking of George Lucas, and I'm like. Man, this guy's kind of like, he's kind of like almost Uwe bowling it, where he's just like, yep, that was good enough, let's let's go to the next yeah. league. And, but, like, instead of just him being, like, on, like, to his next, uh, like, paycheck or whatever, like Uwe does, I feel like George Lucas he's, is just, like, he is so got so many big ideas. Yeah, like, he's got all these giant ideas that he's, like, he's like, okay, let's do this so we can move on to, and he's just, like, kind of all over the place, you know? And, and, I, a, and I, I feel like, like you're saying, that kind of comes across. I think it's something else talking, but I'm like, I'm going to cry thinking about him writing this and creating this. <laughs> I, let me tell you a story, gooey fam. Let me tell you a story. So the other <laughs> night, the other night, okay, last week, I was, uh, uh, I, it was something else talking. I was watching Into the Spider-Verse. I fucking started sobbing, dude, when Uncle Aaron died. I was like, oh my God, I had never <laughs> been so sad in my life. I was you so became a little baby. distraught. Oh my god. And and then and then when Miles' dad came and, and talked to him through the door and I see that spark and you oh my god. We've got our feelings on display for this for everyone. Oh but Wow. I thank you for sharing that part of your soul. <laughs> I'm <You're welcome. laughs> I do see like his gen George Lucas's like his genuine passion. Um he's his love he's definitely trying to with the um, the CG, he's definitely like trying something new, which I think is like a modern the modern spirit of what he did with the special effects in those original movies, which are incredible. This this is mm-hmm. a little bit more, you know, it's on the cutting edge of this, so it looks weird, but it looks like it has such a vision that it's fucking powerful. And I don't know, I think yeah, you you also just see his like genuine interest in trying to like deconstruct this world that he created with the politics of it you know what i mean like it is like oh how how did this character who originally i just imagined as like evil bad guy man and there's nothing nothing else to it that wasn't the point 
but how do okay you think how we're gonna tell a story about how he became evil um you know and how our our good guys had to come to defeat him and his answer was like well what (laughs) what if like a lot of these virtues i've extolled and like these mythic figures that i've built up like maybe there's it's more complex than that you know what i mean you feel him like trying to express that Mm. sometimes it's like muddled or whatever but i i don't know i think it really comes across still i think it's still really powerful (laughs) i don't know i'm gonna i'm gonna wrap that i'm gonna wrap that back to what we were talking about (laughs) at the beginning when we were saying how like the rough edges in this movie make it feel real and human because for better or worse like what you see in these movies is george lucas like his his intentions his vision his his passion and like it's not always perfect it's in fact at many times it's very rough around the edges but like the it's it's him man like it it, it is it is him in every scene it's like it's uh it's apparent that like this world and like uh, every everything that he created was just uh i don't know i don't have the right words for it but like it's there's a vulnerability almost, I feel like, that is, it makes me kind of, kind of appreciate these movies even more. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about how uh, you were talking about some of his, like, what, his thought process, and there's, like, so many, like, very, you know, random little stories about him, like, where he's just like, yeah, I don't know, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I, I think I told the one already where the voice actor for Darth Maul was like, what do you want me to do? And he's like, just make them sound real evil. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. my favorite story of his. Uh, what a great job he did making Maul sound evil. By the way, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, if, that's directing right there. First two uh, lines. All right, let's let's tee this up. Let's okay. tee this up. By the way, if you have not listened to our Star Wars episode one, the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones episode two uh, episodes, I encourage you to go back and listen to those because this will be. A nice, those will be a nice companion piece to this. And this will be the end of the Star Wars virtual theater saga, at least for the foreseeable future. So yeah. we are going to strap in and we're going to talk about it. Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. Released May 19th, 2005. Directed by George Lucas. Starring Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen, Sam L. Jackson, Natalie Portman, Ian McDermott. There are some wild things that I found out. And research for this. All and right. Like, I uh, I wanted to talk about some of them, maybe maybe some more at length before we actually get into the movie. Sure. Uh, there was so many like tidbits and trivia pieces that I I picked out the ones that just seemed kind of uh, I don't know, the, the ones that jumped out to me. So let's let's get going because there's a lot to dive into here. But uh, the original cut of this movie ran for nearly four hours. Yes. I want to see it. Oh my god! I want to see it. Where That's is awesome. that cut? Re- that yeah, release incredible. the Lucas cut. Oh man, you, my god! But uh, but so the opening battle and Palpatine rescue scene alone uh, allegedly ran for over an hour, which I feel like the the opening scene uh, in the actual movie is is a good 25, 30 minutes. So I mean. That seems like totally plausible to me, but apparently the extra footage of the Palpatine rescue scene is shown in the video game for this movie. So there you go. Did you ever play the video game for this movie? 
Uh, no, no, I played Phantom Menace video game, but not this one. All right, so so get ready for this because this is built upon that, and this goes fucking hard. So check this out. Okay. <laughs> the oh my god, the, the place. <laughs> The PlayStation 2 and Xbox game of this movie had an alternate ending in which Darth Vader kills Obi-Wan. Moments later, Darth Sidious and clone troopers (laughs) land on Mustafar, and Sidious congratulates Vader for killing Obi-Wan, and that galaxy is now theirs. However, Darth Sidious presents Darth Vader with a new lightsaber, and Vader fucking stabs him through the upper torso with his new lightsaber... And Vader proclaims that the galaxy is his. Oh my god. This PlayStation 2 (laughs) Xbox game should have been canon. That's awesome. I'm blown away. The only thing that like... um, The only thing that uh, is like weird about that to me is that like Vader immediately goes like, no, the galaxy is mine. When I feel like his thoughts would only be... Of Padme, you know what I mean. He, yes. He, th- he might eventually get to the point where I want to conquer the universe, but I think that's 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 what this movie sells is that that's what he cares about more than anything. Um, and I and I think that if we're gonna go at this point that maybe Padme is has died, then maybe I could see him going the route of like I'm gonna destroy everything in this universe. I I could see yeah, that yeah. maybe you know, being the alternate form of, of Vader. But the, I'm damn that's that's cold. Kills Obi Wan, that kills well, yeah, Sidious. That's tight. <laughs> wow. Give him that. Um Wow. Uh speaking of Mustafa, I thought that Mustafa, that the the fire planet at the end is called Mustafa. So Right, yeah. Th- it's actually a real volcanic eruption, I found out. Uh Mount Etna in Italy was erupting at the time of production. So I guess they went and got some uh, real live volcanic erupting shots. So for everybody that says these movies are all CGI, put that in your pipe and smoke it. It does not seem like they're ever anywhere in this movie. (laughs) I mean, it seems like they're in a crazy world. That's what I would say. I I wanted to actually fact check that because I was like, really? But then I, I didn't. Yeah, I, was, I, I want to Maybe. see frame by frame of that scene. I want to see them take off all the layers of all the effects and just see the... I want to see the raw footage. Man, I want to see that four-hour cut. There's probably <laughs> some raw footage in that. That'd be badass. Um, so we're going to talk a lot about Chancellor Palpatine in this episode. And um, a lot of... Uh, a lot of, like, studies have been done. And there's two studies I want to talk about. And the first one's on Palpatine. And uh, a lot of studies have been done, and there's actually a strategy that uh, a real life strategy that Chancellor Palpatine employs, and uh, a political scientists call this the perpetual war. And stop me if this sounds familiar, but this war is a war that goes on against an ambiguous enemy that has no clear ending. And solidifies his power through through the position of conflict, which I mean, like when you look at the the time that this movie was released in, and the mm-hmm. I I mean it's it's staggering, right? Like it, it's just like 
wow that that is a real <laughs> oh world God. i mean on the on the head right does that play into my crackpot theory i told you i i mean yeah this is an, it kind of does this is another one that's like yeah it's not the like good feeling like spider-man <laughs> to you know post 9-11 movie it's it's like yeah there it's this movie where it's like I don't know, got that other vibe. And I think maybe that's not like the, f- some feelings that people wanted at that time. I don't know. They wanted, they wanted just I, like our Jedi heroes or something like that. You know, they wanted the Jedis to win the day. They wanted cool fights and they wanted, I, I, I really think that that's why like these movies, the prequels are, are kind of reviled in the way that they are because they're, they are political. Like uh, the whole, the whole premise for the story is Palpatine's rise to power. And he does that through exploiting uh, a political, you know, uh, strategy that is a very real world strategy that we saw implemented to perfection in World War Two, and was was very much kind of not exactly the same. But I mean, there certainly was a perpetual war going on around the time of 2005. And you could argue that that war is still happening. Right. Like it's it's kind of unnerving when you look at it that way. And maybe that's what makes people a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Thus not really in love with these movies where like, like you said, Spider-Man two is like this. I'm proud to be New Yorker. I'm going to save a bunch of yeah. people, which is, which is great. Cause that movie rocks. Oh, but. it's so good. Yeah. Or it's, yeah. People almost like they just imagined like, you know, the, um, the empire is, is kind of a stand in. It's sort of a world war two era like looking back at world war ii in the 70s and 80s you know looking back at that and i think that's just kind of that's also maybe a lot of people a lot of people reference world war ii kind of as being like the last war that americans can feel any good about you know what i mean like being Mm -hmm. like feeling like they're totally the good guy whereas yeah like (laughs) I don't know. There's, I think there's some people who just, th- this was time of, it was like band of brothers and stuff like that. Like people were loving that, those world war two type things. Cause you can you know, just feel good about your history or whatever. And they don't want to, I don't know, think about this other aspect of our history. Right. I wonder too, I'm skipping way ahead here, but I wonder too, if like part of the reason that these movies didn't resonate with people as much is is because in the original trilogy the jedi are presented in a very specific way where like they are the ultimate good guys yeah they are infallible and like in these movies they are very uh, like their their inflexibility makes them villains in a in a they they suck pretty bad at at times yeah there's there's like there's like a scene where Anakin goes and <laughs> seeks counsel from Yoda and they're in this like fucking shady ass room. Oh fuck. It looks like a, yeah. like an interrogation room, but Yoda's like meditating in there. And oh, dude, I wrote down when that scene was happening like no wonder. Yeah, he like Anakin tells him like all his feelings and all his worries and all his concerns and Yoda's just like you have to learn to let these things go. And it's so like yeah. dispassionate. He's like, you should not care about these things. It's like, fuck you, yeah. Yoda. You suck. Yoda sucks ass. That, you know what? 
That's actually one of the things, too, that I think that the sequel trilogy did well is they were just like, you know what? The Jedi fucking suck. And like, we've, we messed everything up. Yeah. And, and I, and I think that that message was good in the sequel trilogy. I think what people missed about that though, is people acted like they came up with that. They were like, wow, it's so amazing for like a, a Star Wars movie. And now here's me. I'm kind of knocking last Jedi. I'm on the opposite side, but people were like, wow, a, a Star Wars movie that finally calls this all into question. It's like, no, they already made a trilogy about that. This is not, it's, it almost made me think like, even though I like that movie, all right, it like, like the question it is proposing, like it's superfluous. It's like, yeah, no, we, we already covered that. You know what I mean? This is not breaking new ground. Like people think it is. Well, I mean, the last Jedi just makes it very explicit where I think that, I mean, if you're watching, you're paying attention to the, the prequel yes. movies, obviously you can tell, I mean, they fucked up right away by not just taking Anakin's mom, but like there are these constant mistakes that the Jedi make over and over again. So like In if you're watching movie, it and yeah. you're right. Yeah. You, you could totally see like, they don't explicitly spell it out for you. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, actually in some instances they do like, you know, they do. Yeah. It's, they're definitely trying to, like, I think I mentioned earlier, sometimes it's a little maybe confused, but I, I think people act like, sometimes like theme and subtext can't actually be interpreted from a movie unless like there are characters who are going like, this is the theme of the movie. You know what I mean? Like, like, like Mm. looking at you and saying it, you know what I mean? And, and I see that response to a lot of new movies, very recent movies of like, Oh, this covers these themes. Like the, like the franchise has never before. And it's like, no, it's just like, it's just tell it's very overt about it it's just, it's not like written fun <laughs> i'll say it's fun sometimes well let, let's go to another report here i thought this was was interesting and actually i've seen this before as well but in 2007 dr eric buoy psychiatrist in france uh wrote a study that diagnosed the fictional anakin skywalker as having borderline personality disorder when the authors reported their findings at the annual meeting of the American Psych- Psychiatric Association, they stated that Skywalker fit the diagnosis criteria. Difficulty controlling anger, stress-related breaks with reality, impulsivity, obsession with abandonment, and a pattern of unstable and intense interpersonal relationships characterized by alternating between extremes of... Uh, I, I don't even know what this word says, but devaluation is the next word after. And damn, I could see that. I I could I could maybe see mm. that, but I mean also like if the Jedi were fucking with you since you were like eight years old, you'd have some problems too. Yeah, I mean I think that's yeah I I think definitely what's interest just the obviously thing that's interesting about it to me is how you know they they did push him in that direction in a way you know I and and then he was mm-hmm. also like. Uh, it's obviously he was taken advantage to of from the other side, but like, I think that's I what we mentioned before. That's like, I think what's harder for some people to swallow maybe is that they <laughs> kind of did it themselves. Um. So during the production of this movie, they actually filmed a scene for Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back, which I thought was funny. 
they they filmed a scene with uh, Ian McDermott as as Palpatine. Oh yeah, or Sidious, I guess rather, and uh, kind of put him in there uh, after the fact. So I, I thought that that was kind of neat. I guess they um they put they also changed the ghost at the end to be Hayden Christensen, right? Mm, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, what? Well, yeah. So it's weird that they're that they're filming for the old movies while they're making the new movies. <laughs> I used to be very against that. Um, I mean, I would still much rather prefer to see like the original theatrical releases than all the like weird stuff George did. But I also sort of like I sort of respect his right to like try it. Like, why not? You know. But um, yeah. I I I just wish you know I could still watch both just as easily. Uh, yeah, but there's kind of the same thing in like the Blade Runner community. Like, uh, oh yeah, it's it, the, the the original release was was different from like the director's cut, and like my uncle swears by the original release. And that's the one with like the I, like, dialogue the <laughs> written or right the uh, voiceover. The, the one the one with all the voiceovers is the uh, director's cut. Oh, okay, that seemed more like a studio note from me that they would want the dialogue because it like is more explicit, you know? Wow. Uh, maybe I have it wrong, but I, I don't, I don't think I do, but maybe I do. I don't know. Um, one last thing. And then we'll talk actually two last things. First of all, um, I was going to talk about it or I will talk about him when we get there, but general grievous, as you can see, just walks around fucking wheezing this whole movie. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. if you, if you didn't watch the animated clone wars, you'd never know why he just seems like a goof with asthma. And I can say that because I have asthma. <laughs> but apparently in the show, Mace Windu force-gripped Grievous as uh, the general was making off with Palpatine and crushed his robot chest. Um. So there you go. When when did that show air? Uh, 2003. Okay, because that's crazy to me, actually, that um they were like, Let's have this character that you would really only know what the hell is going on with him if you watch this cartoon show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's that's a pretty big move right there. This was MCU before they did that. <laughs> and they made you watch all that shit on Disney+. Plus. I, um, I, I right. thought it was the reverse, that um, George Lucas was just like, I'm going to put a weird guy in this. I'm not, I'm not going to explain <laughs> his deal. He's just like he's messed up and and you don't know why. And then like they made a show. I thought they made a show and we're like, all right, we gotta explain this man. <laughs> oh, dude. We'll talk about Grievous okay, when we actually okay. get to the to the movie here, but this fucking guy. Um all right, last thing before we get to the movie. I, I read this and I was like, damn, this would have been so cool. So during the final confrontation between Anakin and Obi-Wan a different scene was conceived that was ultimately overruled by George Lucas. So to end the finish of the, the Anakin Obi-Wan fight would have been Anakin and he's got Obi-Wan by the throat about to strike down the final blow. And Anakin says, I'm sorry dad, to be this way. My master Anakin swings his lightsaber for Obi-Wan's head. But during the move, Obi-Wan force pulls his lightsaber from a different direction as he made a turn to defend his back. And the lightsaber ignites and fucking slices off Anakin's arms. And everybody was fighting for this to get into the movie. But George Lucas wanted the the high ground scene. And dude, this scene sounds sweet with like, got him by the throat. Like, that sounds cool. That, 
that was scary to hear. <laughs> but I, I do like, I guess I do like the the actual ending, though. I Like, I think it has a bit more uh, emotion to it, I guess. Uh, I, I like the ending as well. This, this one was like a different kind of vibe. It was like a... I don't, it was like an angry kind of vibe where like, I think that the finish that we got for the fight was pretty good. Cause it really kind of exploited Anakin's one weakness, which was his arrogance. So I understand no, why they went with so that, but that, that finish sounds, sounds sweet. Yeah. Saber by the throat. <laughs> oh my, my God. God. <laughs> that, that's um, more of right. a, like you just see how, um, passionate he is there, you know, how, how brutal he can be. Yeah, yeah. That oh, I man, maybe that's in that four-hour cut, and they shot that scene and deleted it. That scene was an hour. Maybe long. that's what he did when he murdered Obi Wan in the PlayStation game. Oh my! He just didn't yeah. get his arm cut off. He just sliced it. I gotta look that. I want to look that scene up. That sounds pretty tight. All right, let's let's talk about this movie. I kind I I mostly just wrote down some notes that I thought or that I had when I was watching. Um, so we can talk as much or. Uh, at, at length as you want okay, cool. or we could skip over some points but man this opening scene with count dooku and anakin and obi-wan and sidious is fucking sweet yeah this this scene space is battle wicked. space battle was really sweet too oh th- this whole sequence i thought was awesome and i want to give a special shout out actually to r2d2 oh, you know when like you're playing yeah. You know when you're playing an RPG and you kind of save up your magic points and you unleash a special attack that hits, like, all the enemies in the opposing party? Fucking R2-D2 <laughs> does that when he, like, he uses 10 SP, he spills oil on the floor and he ignites it and hits everybody for, like, 99 damage. This was awesome. I forgot about <laughs> that. That was so sweet. I think it's been said before. I think many have said it before, but, like, R2 has these, like, rocket <laughs> packs that... He, like, never deployed, ever. <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe they broke or something, but that's amazing. I mean, he didn't, he was stunning people, he was lighting people on fire, like, what more uh, does this the, guy need to do? And there's, the, the droids are so fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, the fact that when he lights them up, they, they like, scream in agony, and I was like, why would you make them do this? Why would you program them to go ah as they burn alive? <laughs> they have pain receptacles. <laughs> God, it was it's so good. Oh, fuck. George is yeah, amazing. This... <laughs> the scene was awesome. Everything everything was awesome. Yeah. Although I will say, so I was listening to my I, my I know what you're going to say. Uh, okay, so, what, what am I going to say? You're going to say you're going to talk about Count Dooku right and I he's am. kind of i am he's kind of uh that that's yeah i will agree with you i think that's an element of this where it's like yeah it, all these ideas he had that's one of them that i feel like is a little wobbly like count dooku is kind of a if he, he feels incomplete almost i yeah i i so my idea was to actually if if i were george lucas if i were george i would have just never created the character of Count Dooku. And I would have had my boy Darth Maul live past episode one. And then in episode two, I, I might've actually placed this opening scene at the climax of episode two. Cause like 
The actual ending is is so badass when Anakin like just brutally murders Count Dooku. Although I guess like if you had Maul there, it would seem like less of a brutal murder because like Maul is such a killer. So maybe that wouldn't work. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it could have been Newt Gunray who uh, eventually does get brutally murdered later. <laughs> oh, poor Newt. He had like, to go. Poor Newt. Yeah, I think there there is a definitely like I like his idea he has here about like um sort of like he has built up Dooku as his apprentice but like as he's actually to be a sacrifice to push this guy you know I mean that's that is actually really sweet (laughs) I think it's it's a cool idea because like when Palpatine is just like kill him Dooku looks at him and he's like at that moment you you realize like you realize that Dooku has realized, like, I've been a patsy all this yeah. time. And, like, this Anakin has been his end goal, not me. I, I oh, it's such a good scene. Yeah, like, it plays, it does really play into that, like, forever war type concept of, like, yeah, I don't actually, I don't really care about you and our aims. Uh, I'm, I was building you up to give these people something to fight. And, and I'm going to just keep this going until I take charge. Uh, yeah, like you, when you look at Palpatine's plan, he built up three Fall Guys: Dooku, Grievous, and Newt Gunray. And like, it it's very swift against all of them in this movie. Once he kind of finally gets what he wants, it, it's just, yeah. like, it's such a cool, such a cool plan. Yeah. And this scene when and Anakin just like decapitates him is whew. he built up whew. a team of uh, all equals? I would say of equal. Prestige, you have Count Dooku. Um, who are the other ones? Newt Gunray. Yeah, Newt Gunray is up there with Count Dooku. <laughs> who is the other guy? Uh, General Grievous. Let's talk, okay, General okay. Grievous. Yeah, let's talk about him. Should we, should we talk about Grievous now? Yeah, I I'm this... gonna say I will defend him on the concept of what I said earlier that it's oh God. it's so interesting to me that George. <laughs> What's like this this is like the guy. Like I think it's cool. I think that's a cool choice. Oh my god. This this general grievous guy this general grievous guy walks around wheezing and huffing. He he moves like a goof. He has this weird droid face. He he has like 18 lightsabers. I was just like Every time he was on screen, I was like, God, this guy sucks. I, I think he might be he might be the worst character in Star Wars. I, I can't off the top of my head think of anybody worse. Not even Jar Jar wow. fucking Banks is worse. At least Jar Jar fucking Banks stopped the droid army in episode one. At oh, least he's got that saying, going for him. Okay. You're just saying from a like his accomplishments <laughs> aren't many. Well, I, I'm saying I'm saying for for everything. Okay. Like I like Grievous, Grievous sucks. He he, he's so bad. He, he's oh, oh, I'm Grievous. There, okay, there's also an element to it that I also think is cool is like the body horror element of it. Like, cause you realize you eventually realize, like I said, they don't explicitly tell you, but I think what it seems like is he's just like some organs in a robot shell, right? That's horrifying. Yeah. And it also it has that element we've talked about how like actually like brutal the Jedi are. 
<laughs> there's like I think Obi Wan is like at some point tearing open Grievous's armor and revealing his <laughs> organs and like he I think he like gets him lit on fire or something. I don't know. It's really it's scary. It's like it's like RoboCop a little bit, it, which is also terrifying. I don't know. I hated thinking about it. Um, there, there's something about Grievous that I love it. I just, <laughs> I hate it. I, I don't, I'm not down with Grievous, but I've heard, I've heard that Grievous is pretty cool in the Clone Wars. So I, I don't know. Maybe I just need to watch I that. I think there's an element to it. It's like the Dooku thing where his character, I think just is under served. Like they don't develop it that much. He's just kind of a pawn. Um, but I think it comes, Dooku is, it's less offensive because it's <laughs> it's such a classic portrayal it's just christopher lee doing yeah doing christopher his thing. lee yeah that, that i mean that That's dude is fucking awesome dracula right there that is also a great choice i might have said it the last time but that like my sith lord is basic he's just dracula <laughs> it's evil wizard is dracula that's amazing Oh, man. Christopher <laughs> Christopher Lee, dude. What, what a, a legend. What a talent. Yeah, no kidding. Um, Count Dooku, leagues above General Grievous. <laughs> yeah. I, I cut you off earlier. You were saying that Newt, Grievous, and Dooku were on like, the same level. <laughs> uh, yeah. And when I heard you talk about Grievous, I was like, what? Are you, what? you put Newt above Grievous? <laughs> oh, every, every day of the week. Newt? Okay, dude. Newt has no powers. He has no fighting ability. He has he's no chance of survival. He's just a he's just a big frog. And this dude <laughs> lived through Darth Maul, through Count Dooku, through General Grievous. This dude was there till the end. <laughs> yeah, he he knew he was a survivor. <laughs> Newt Gunray, man, if if he hadn't been backstabbed. True. He might have been the Galactic Emperor. I don't. That's I, a possibility. The problem is, I don't think. Who could outsmart the Galactic Emperor? He, uh, he definitely not Newt Gunray. He came the closest. He, yeah, <laughs> Newt Newt lasted longer than anybody. I mean, really, like yeah, I guess except for Anakin. But uh, Anakin eventually won, so that doesn't count. But yeah, there we yeah. go. This opening scene is awesome. Dooku getting murdered is awesome. Uh, Anakin kind of being coerced by Palpatine is awesome. And I think that, yeah, so the next scene is that Yoda scene that you were talking about. Yeah. Where um, Anakin's having visions of Padme's dying or, or death during childbirth. And like, God, if the Jedi weren't the way that they are, imagine how Anakin, imagine how things might have been different. And you can say that, like, things worked out in the end and, like, you know, Anakin eventually did fulfill the prophecy, but to get there, a lot of people had to die, and like that, maybe that didn't have to happen if the Jedi had been different instead of such dicks. Yeah, it's it it works so well too because it's like the thing, it's like the thing that uh turns him against them is this is this philosophy of like suppressing suppressing your passions and and so I think it is really cool to like tie that to he like he's not literally not allowed to um you know be open about his the thing he's most passionate about and it eventually um palpatine twists it and and like leads it basically to her death you know 
Um, I have two thoughts that I want to give you. And first, first thought on that is like, so I made note that during this movie, you know, the acting and everything gets criticized a lot. And, and I made note that like in the scenes where like, um, like Hayden Christensen is talking to uh, Natalie Portman and like, he's laughing and that seems real. And it seems like it's well acted. And later when, when Ewan McGregor is screaming at, uh, at, at Anakin, like you were my brother, like, that seemed real and it was like good acting and like emotion. And like, so I really think that like the, the culprit for a lot of this, you know, a lot of people say that like uh, the acting isn't very good, but it's just like the direction, like everybody just kind of sounds emotionless. And, and I think that's by design. I don't know. You you think, but there are moments where they're, where uh-huh. they're being like, where there are real emotions and it's like, okay, like this is believable and this is good. Yeah. Yeah, I think just some, yeah, definitely some of the dialogue is, like, a little stilted in, like, some scenes, and <laughs> it's it's definitely weird, but, um, yeah, I think, I don't know, I think, yeah, there's, I agree with you, there's a lot of moments that hit really hard in this movie. Tell me, uh, tell me what you think of this, of this thought that I had last night. So okay. I was, when, when Anakin had, um, the visions of Padme dying... I was kind of thinking to myself, and I thought this later too, when Anakin discovers the truth about Palpatine, where like maybe they should have uh, made, I don't know if they hinted at this or if they didn't, but maybe they should have overtly hinted at this a little bit more that like it was Palpatine that was planting these visions in Anakin's mind. I don't know if he even has that ability, but like Palpatine knew about them mm-hmm. and like maybe he did that with the, the visions of Anakin's mother and... uh I was I was just like wondering if that was something Palpatine did or if that was something the movie hinted at because I don't think they really do and I thought that that would have made more sense than he's just having visions or whatever. Well, yeah, yeah, and I, I I can also accept that like he he has visions because he's like the chosen one like that's also fine. I just thought it might have been like maybe a little oh. bit cooler if you kind of realized it was just like another level of Palpatine. You know, getting inside of Anakin's head, like literally yeah. getting inside of his head. I, I think there's, yeah, there's like people, there's hints that, um, there's like theories and hints about like that he's not even really the chosen one. It, it's kind of like similar to, uh, Neo, where he was actually created. There's in the, in the Tarth Plague scene where he, uh, mentions like creating life. People thought, like, oh, did he, um, impregnate Shmi Skywalker or whatever mm, her name I, was. I read that. Yeah. Wild. I, I think I, th- I don't know. <laughs> like I, I could be in, I could buy that. Maybe that's even, that might even be canon, like the original canon. I don't know. Is that true? I don't know. Oh, I'm not a diehard Star Wars fan. So I read that very thing where actually it was in, um, allegedly, it was in like an earlier version of the script where it was like a little bit more pronounced mm. that Palpatine had done something to Shmi to like, uh, I don't know, force impregnate her uh, in some way. So yeah, I, I guess they eventually decided to drop that, but that's kind of neat. That And that could also explain why maybe Palpatine knows Anakin's visions. I'm actually fine with like Anakin just having visions. I yeah. just thought that that might be. Yeah, I don't really care, you know, but kind of that cool. should be true cuz I think that's sweet. Yeah. Um okay. So uh so yeah, so Palpatine's ploy is in uh full 
full swing here, and it's very chilling because, as we mentioned, this this literally is like what's happened in real life, and I think that like his ploy works so well because Palpatine like just knows his opponent so well, like he knows the Jedi Council so well, and he knows that they're going to do you know things that that Anakin isn't like aligned with or whatever. Like I thought that the scene where the Jedi let Anakin on the council, but they don't make him a master like was, was awesome. Cause like Palpatine knew that would happen. He knew that the Jedi would only accept him there because he wanted, or they, the Jedi council wanted Anakin to spy on Palpatine. Palpatine wants him to spy on the Jedi. It's very cool. And like very political thriller. Yeah, it is so cool that it's a, it is a political thriller. Like that you see, yeah, just so much like intrigue and stuff like that. Um, and there's like, you know, they're like talking about like basically doing a coup. Like that's what the movie's about. And I'm like, yeah, like, that's that is sweet. Oh, man. Like, dude, City of Man, Sidious, just the way that he plays like the the Jedi against Anakin and Anakin against the Jedi and just puts those little splinters in those is like so masterful those are uh the most i think to me the the most the seeds that hit the hardest like they actually like needle me a bit when he's like kind of coercing him there's some good shit like that the plagueis scene is obviously that's the one let's talk about the plagueis scene yeah dude i was watching (laughs) the opera scene last night and like I had chills. This is one of the greatest in scenes body. in movie history. <laughs> oh my god! It's, it's so. First of all, the backdrop is sweet. It's like this the giant, sh- oh, like man. Fifth Element style opera thing going on. It's like you kind of don't fuck, know what's like, going on because it's like a weird space opera thing. It, the there music. was like the music. It's oh so my god. black it was like this, metal. It's just like dr- a drone, oh. like this dark drone. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's demonic. It's like satanic a little bit. I love it. I, so I was like listening to this scene and I've watched this scene many times before and I, I know what what he says, but there was something last night when I was watching this in the way that Palpatine spoke and like, maybe it's because of like, I haven't watched this since like, me too was was kind of a thing and like all, all that kind of came out where like a guy in a position of power you know influenced uh, oh. uh a subordinate basically to do you know have, whether it be have sex or or whatever like something that the person did not want to do but felt that they had to and i don't know maybe that maybe that was like it was scary almost because i was the way that palpatine was talking i was like there's this, it's this, like this must be what it's manipulation. like yeah yeah, it was like this emotional, like, like twisting and turning, and like he's contorting the truth uh, and the facts, and like what he's saying is thinking about it. Like what he's saying isn't wrong, but it's the the context isn't right yeah. either. But like he has this he's power leading over him this along, kid, you know. Oh, it's it's giving me the chills right now. I got goosebumps, dude. Because like, it's it's dude. both like, um, yeah, it's like you want to do this. Uh, but it, you know, it, it is totally in conflict with, yeah, the Jedi. I don't know. It, it's like, yeah, the perfect lead around that need. And like where he's like mentioning it, 
like he's meaning to tell him the story about this guy and he slips that in the like you can even bring people back from the dead oh i don't know uh, yeah and the, the way uh just the way he delivers that line kind of like did i ever tell you the story and like because he's you could tell he's setting up for something bad, but he's trying to be casual. It just gave me like the creeps listening to that. And then like that final line <laughs> when he, when he's just like, not from a Jedi, like that's, that's the seed. That's the moment. I, I go one more galaxy brain on this one, which is that like the story, the power he's telling him about, like we mentioned before, that power maybe was used to create him. And so maybe he's just yeah. like, he's born of this essence. <laughs> That's so good. That's Man, ridiculous. What a, what a wild, wild scene. And I, so when I, when I first watched this scene, actually, I did not pick up on the fact that he, he being Darth Sidious was the apprentice. I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. And then, yeah. Uh, that that kind of makes it even more cool. I think watching it back. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it makes you want to, like, I'm sure they've done it, but I'm like, who who the fuck is Darth Sidious? Like, I want to know about that guy. Uh, I kind of, I googled uh, Darth Sidious and I went to Wikipedia. By the way, since the Wookiees are coming up next, I kind of wasn't feeling the Wookiees in this movie. They were okay. I thought it was cool to see the Wookiees. It's always cool to see, like, new guys, for sure. But I did think it was cool to see the Wookiees. I thought maybe it's because there's something in the lore. I don't know, but I was I just thought it was funny that Chewbacca was there. <laughs> it's like, yep, that's the one Wookiee I know, so I guess he's here. Maybe it makes more sense. My my wife can do the best Chewbacca sound. It's you it's gotta unreal. get that recording, get it on the track. Uh, all right, I, maybe I'll try and phone her again. She didn't answer <laughs> last time I called. <laughs> Uh, I don't even remember that. Anyway, so yeah, Darth Sidious has some weird stuff in his backstory, and that's I'd be down to learn about Darth. Sid- I'd be down to learn about Darth Plagueis. That's like the one Star Wars movie they haven't made. We should. What's you know what our here? next our next Star Wars project should be is we we figure out all this old nerd shit <laughs> that that you got to know oh about God. these books the the previously canon ones. I I dude I was going through the Darth Plagueis Wikipedia. And I was like, oh my god, this is like this is like M-rated stuff. Is there's murder, there's rape, there's <laughs> like yeah. holy shit. I'm, this is wild. I'm gonna like, fi- I'm gonna figure out the good Star Wars books and I'm gonna read one and I'll tell you about it. Alright, I'd be down for that. Um alright, where are we here? Uh oh, yes, of course. So General Grievous has been found. That scallywag is hiding out on a planet, and uh the, the Emperor, or not the Emperor, but the Chancellor, rather, suggests that Anakin goes, knowing that the Jedi Council is going to say no. So good. Send Obi-Wan <laughs> instead. I, dude, I loved this scene where Obi-Wan and Anakin have that nice little moment together, and Anakin's like, I'm sorry that I've been arrogant, and like, they kind of they kind of express their admiration for each other. Yeah. And it's really sad, because this is like the last time that they're together as Anakin and Obi-Wan the next time it's as Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, (laughs) you really feel the, they're, they, they've done a good job over these movies of like kind of even giving him some of that animosity towards Obi-Wan, you know, 
especially in the last one yeah. where it was like you you won't go back you know <laughs> like yeah pot padme obviously like yeah it's all it's all so good padme uh actually we'll, we'll talk about this when we get there but she played her part in this movie to perfection as well this is yeah. an important cog um but uh yeah so obi-wan goes to this planet that general grievous is hiding on and dude there are some aliens that come out that that live on this planet these things scared the <laughs> shit out of me they look do you remember lord of the rings the return of the king and the extended cut when the guy comes out he's like the hand of the black gate <laughs> yeah he yeah. comes out and he's talking to Aragorn. that's what these guys look like they're horrifying <laughs> i don't remember them as well actually you, you got. I don't know Google why. Them. Like these guys, what, what I don't even know called? what you Google. Like aliens on planet General Grievous was hiding at. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Let's see what. Let's see what I get here. Alien on planet General. This is Grievous a first. A virtual theater first where we're googling stuff. Hiding at. Unbelievable. Okay, so the planet is called Utapu. And, uh, okay, what uh, the, the Nate? I don't know. The natives are called Utapians, maybe. I don't know, but they I look got fucking it. Scary. Utapu. Oh, these dudes. Okay, yeah, they oh, yeah, they look like Draculas, too. Yeah, they, they look very. This scary. was a cool, they got the, uh, the gnarly teeth, but instead, they're just like, we, we don't want to be dealing with this. Uh, yeah, he, he basically did like the, uh, to blink twice if you're being held hostage and like obi-wan is like okay I'll, I'll free you no big deal and this this fight i think is kind of like lame but i think it's because i'm not really into uh general grievous it's just like kind of okay yeah but also like because you know that there's like the really badass fight coming so it's just like all right let's get well, to that you know it seemed like they thought they had a cool idea with the uh four arms thing uh, but then they like kind of ditch the idea <laughs> right away, uh, and they like he you know they he cuts his <laughs> one limbs off, and then he doesn't really Star Wars lightsaber fight that long, and so it's yeah it feels a little bit like half baked. They could have done more. Um, I I will say that the coolest that Grievous was in this movie, and it's still not very cool, so nobody get excited. But the coolest he was is when he was moving around like a spider. That was kind of that neat. was sweet, yeah. Uh, but these, I mean, other than that, yeah, general general Grievous mostly is just sucking for <laughs> you. Got to see the show, the and I mean that literally because he's sucking air because he can't breathe for some <laughs> he's reason. Got that only if you watch the Clone Wars, you know you gotta, why. You got to watch it now. <laughs> if you don't watch, if you didn't watch the Clone Wars, you're fucked. You're like, what is up with this guy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. The, the fight ends and Grievous is dead and and uh we got some drama going on mm-hmm. back on the the Jedi home planet. So I I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Give me give me your what if scenario here. So Palpatine is manipulating Anakin and he's saying to Anakin that the Jedi are planning to overthrow and take control of the Senate, which is actually true. They are planning to yeah, overthrow Palpatine yeah. and take control of the Senate until they find a replacement. I wonder if Palpatine wasn't necessarily right in some capacity where maybe the Jedi 
could have been like corrupted in some capacity now that they have this power over the Senate and thus over basically everything. What do you what do you think would have happened if they because Mace Windu, you know, seems like kind of maybe a a dude who likes a little bit of power. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely had that vibe of like, um, we need that. There's a sort of that world police sort of vibe, you know, like we'll just send mm-hmm. in some some Jedi to take care of this, basically. And and there's less. Yeah, like less rights or something like that. It does have that vibe of like they're they're so confident. They think they know what's best for everyone. Which is I don't know. I was thinking about that last night and I was like, I wonder I wonder what that would have looked like if the Jedi had taken soul possession. Um So yeah, that's uh it was interesting to think about cuz I Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, maybe it would have been as bad as a galactic empire, but like, you know, certainly we've we've seen the Jedi Council presented as flawed characters and a flawed organization. So it's yeah. not beyond the realm of possibility to imagine them saying like, you know what, there is nobody that can run the galaxy as well as oh, we yeah, can. Oh yeah, definitely. And that's yeah, that's what's great. It's like it feels like um this is all it's all set up so well by Palpatine. Well, this is the moment <laughs> that uh, that we're all waiting for. The moment where Anakin realizes that Palpatine is Sidious. And at this point, uh, Palpatine isn't really trying to hide it anymore. He's, he's basically laid out his cards. He's told him the story about Darth Plagueis. He's dangled the carrot of he can save Padme. And he just literally says that to Anakin in this scene. And I thought that this was like a good scene because it's telling that like Anakin doesn't just arrest him right there or kill him right there. Mm -hmm. I don't know. This is a cool. Yeah. There, there is something like you feel there it's telling obviously, but I feel like you also feel for me, it was like a bit of um, a moment of like, anything could happen right now like where even for Palpatine it was a vulnerable moment because he had to kind of reveal himself and he had he had to kind Mm -hmm. of hope that he would tug on him enough to sway him you know that's that was I wonder if Palpatine had a fail safe I wonder or if really (laughs) he just literally put himself out there I think Uh, yeah I mean he does that again yeah that has to be it because um, I actually, I really loved the the scene between Mace Windu and Anakin as well, where, like, Mace Windu is like, if what you say is true, then you have my trust. So, like, he's also just, like, very upfront with him saying, I don't trust you, which I kind of, like, respect because it's finally a Jedi being, like, mm-hmm. honest. You know? With Within that scene, in both those scenes of, like, the, uh, saying the, telling Anakin the Jedi want to take over and the scene with Mace Windu, it goes all the way back to that first movie which is like Palpatine's strategy the whole time is to seem small and pathetic even though he is grasping all this power and I think that's that's something that hits very hard for me too of of like I feel like I see that a lot in the world you know what I mean Mm, yeah 
Um, like the the aggressor yeah, just, is actually the you know or the one who's being suppressed is like like actually t- kind of in charge of a lot of things has a lot of power uh, yeah it, that that again i know i already said it but like again that just that that scene even though i've seen it like a ton of times before but the darth plague scene something about that like certainly hit differently watching it yesterday and like it was it was just so chilling and then yeah i i wonder i mean like if if palpatine's ploy would have failed and anakin would have struck him or he wouldn't have stopped mace windu i just uh you know it it's all of his all of his eggs were in the basket so he kind of was either going to live or die by his plan i guess so it's that's also i think pretty cool yeah oh man yeah <laughs> it's so it's like all so here yeah. we yeah here we go <laughs> We're we're setting the stage. We one of the most awesome scenes in the movie. Windu, Sidious, <laughs> oh Anakin. They so Windu as Sidious. We all know this scene. He's got him. He's got a sweet ass purple lightsaber, and he's reflecting Sidious's look. Uh, what's it called? The Force lightning back on him. Yeah. And Sidious looks like. I think Sam said uh, that that Sidious looked like. Uh, I can't remember if she said like a broccoli or something like that, but like, uh, so yeah, Anakin eventually sides with Sidious and cuts off Mace Windu's hand. This scene is so good. Cause like, actually I don't really love the follow up, but like this scene in the moment is like so good because Anakin is like clearly not wanting to do this. And like, clearly, you know, yeah. if you go earlier in the movie, when, uh, when Anakin is about to murder Dooku, he's just like, I should bring him in alive. And then, you know, Palpatine is like, he's too dangerous to live. Kill him. Mace Windu says the same fucking thing yeah. right here. Yeah. Like, where he's like, this guy's too dangerous to live. Yeah. What I was just saying about this idea of like, oh, I'm just a little small bean, <laughs> but it's really like, I actually want to do the same thing to you. Crazy. And like, yeah, yeah. To your point, Sidious was kind of playing dead in a way. Cause he said, he was like, oh, I can't hold it for much longer. And as soon as <laughs> that was uh, Anakin funny. sliced off Mace's hands, right out the window. Oh, they love, yeah. I I love, there's something that I think is interesting that they think, like, <laughs> like killing someone is bad. Like, I shouldn't do that, but I will fucking cut his hands off. Like, that, I don't know, maybe that does say something about the, like, Jedi moral code. <laughs> it's a little questionable. Now, I, I think that, like, when Anakin did that, he had no choice but to make sure the Mace Windu did not leave that room alive. Um, but I, I actually, I don't, I don't necessarily love the follow-up immediately to that scene. Because, like, immediately after, Anakin's like, oh my god, what have I done? But then, like, immediately, he's kind of like, I pledge myself to you, I will do whatever. And, like, oh, okay. I guess, like, I don't know, I don't know what I would have done differently in that scene but i i think like maybe just like more anguish or like like how like what have i you know like what have i done and and like palpatine being like maybe just telling him like you're mine now you have no way out you've you've made this decision and you can't go back or something Mm -hmm. i don't know something something maybe to make it seem a little bit less abrupt because he goes from like a flawed character and like he just makes a choice really quick which is mm-hmm. which is understandable because he's impulsive, but then he's just like, 
all in on that choice and like never thinks and never doubts that what he's doing. I don't know. I, it, it was a little bit. I sudden. can see what you're I saying. I, I don't, I guess I look thinking back on it. I guess I can kind of see it, but I felt like, I don't know. I felt like it was pretty convincing that he, he's uh, seen enough that he's like, you are right. Especially cause, um, it made me think back to that scene in the last movie where he, he told Padme, like, if you should just be able to like, you should be able to force people to be right, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, maybe it's just like the, the scene, I'm going to skip over the most important scene in the movie here for a quick sec, but like when Anakin, like, like you're presented of this picture of Anakin as like a mostly good person with like some very obvious flaws. And then like in that scene, after that, where he goes and kills all the younglings, uh, it, it was it was a bit sudden. Mm. But again, I don't know what I would have done differently. And then necessarily. That's, that's also something I felt like they had established, like he's more than capable of in like the last movie where he slaughtered the sand people, you know? Uh, yes, yes, totally. But like, at, at least there is like some kind of. Uh, I, I don't know. It was obviously an impulsive emotional response. And those guys had killed his mom or like some of them have, I mean, he took out the kids and stuff too, which was pretty, mm-hmm. pretty evil and foreshadowing for sure. I, I don't really know what I would have done differently because I think that the youngling scene is like very powerful and very chilling, but like maybe, I, I don't wild. know, maybe just have him. Yeah, dude, when that lightsaber goes on <laughs> and that kid is looking at him, oh my so God. Effective. You don't even oh have to God. see what's going on. That that is a scene that is far better for not showing you actually what happened mm-hmm. and just yeah, leaving that implication. Classic right there. That's I, like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I would have had him like just like crying or something after he did it and like showing that like he just like clearly hates himself and that maybe that makes him even more vulnerable to the dark side's uh, influence okay. that he that he hates what he's doing. I'm not really sure. I, I did feel I don't know. I felt like, yeah, he had this sort of you know, desperation, uh, in him that kind of sold that for me. Let's talk about, well, let's talk about this scene. Oh my God. Execute order 66, dude. Oh my God. I will God. never forget. So Watching tight. this the first time. Holy <laughs> shit. Oh yeah. When they just, oh. yeah, it's really a will, really well executed scene just in general. Like all the, all like the montage of them being like, all right, Let's fall back and then kill the. Oh my god! It's it's crazy and like I think that there is um, an allegory that we that we don't talk about in this scene ever. I've never heard anybody talk about this, but like this execute order sixty six is such a warning about our over reliance as a society. On technology, because like, what kills all these powerful Jedi warriors? The fucking drones that they have guarding them and with them and stuff like that. Like, and if you were, let's say, if you were like a class, let's say you're a classic Jedi warrior, okay? You're you're Qui Gon Jinn, you're old school. You're just like, I don't need a Jedi or I don't need a, a drone guarding me. I'll I'll use my own Jedi shit to get the job done. You would have been fine in in Order sixty six, but these. These Jedi have all these mechanical robots around them, and it like just made me think of like Robopocalypse and what happens when like <laughs> the, the fucking machines turn against humanity eventually. Like, yeah, I dude, guess I I, I, this scene was yeah. hitting different. 
Yeah, there is sort of, oh. um, yeah. That's, they're cl- I guess they're clones or whatever. Well, I, I mean, yeah, but like, they've obviously all been programmed with this yeah. secret, you know, it, dark order. It does have sort of this element of, um, uh, turn, kind of like in the Matrix of like, turning away from humanity, you know what I mean? It, it that was the I mean the Jedi had many downfalls, but one of their biggest downfalls was trusting these I don't want like fake warriors I guess mm. or, or robotic warriors and, to and turning away from their humanity, suppressing their passion. That, yeah, that's <laughs> <Whoa>. right. <laughs> so in the end, it was it was the the robots who you know are are somewhat of a in-world representation of the Jedi that fucked the Jedi. That's, (laughs) oh, that's sight. That's, that's nuts. Genius. That's nuts. I'm, I'm, again, I'm crying thinking about George. Laying, I I don't, Um, I don't know what he meant, but I, what he intended, but he's laying it all out there. Um, so, so we, speaking of crying, by the way, Anakin is going to Mustafa and he's taken out the MVP of the series so far, Newt Gunray. Newt Newt's reign is at an end. Yeah, that's pretty great too. Rest in power. He sent he sent him to like uh, do terrorism, I guess, or whatever. He's like, I'm gonna kill all the all the world's leaders. That well, but the plan the plan was so good <laughs> because Sidious is controlling both sides. So like he he got his he's going to get these emergency powers. And he wants to make himself look in the best possible light. So, like, he literally just crushes the opposition that he is controlling. So his patsies, Grievous and Newt Gunray, are, they're, they're no longer useful. And this separatist movement yeah. needs to be re- put down, basically, so they can focus on the new enemy in the Perpetual War, the Jedi. It's so... It's so... Wait, dude. Yeah, so... It's... Yeah, he got rid of both sides, too. He killed all almost all the Jedi... And all of the like other political leaders. <laughs> oh my god! What what did uh, what did Padme say? This is how liberty dies. Yeah, with thunderous applause or whatever. <laughs> Dude, so that good. scene, which I think oh is that goodness. whole element of this story actually that, um, like that <laughs> that this um actually all this came to be under like a weak you know a, a weak government you know i think that's hard for, i think for some people to like i don't know i think that's actually something intended that some people were maybe like i don't know if i like that you know i i think like very much so like we were talking about at the beginning the it's like it's too it's too real, which is crazy because this is a, a movie with fucking robots and lightsabers and stuff like that. But like that ploy and his tactics are so real, which and they're uncomfortable. That, that makes it I don't know. That makes it actually kind of fitting with the um, original conception of the Empire. If we're talking about like Nazi Germany, you know, came to be after, you know, kind of a failed uh, weak government that didn't. No, um, yeah, it didn't properly address this, you know. Uh, 
so I don't know. This was just, I was watching this and I was just like, holy fuck! Like this is just so scary. How topical? Oh yeah, this is wow, it's classic. All right, so the, now here we go. Padme is finally going to play her part. So we got the build up to Anakin versus Obi Wan, and uh, Padme is playing her part perfectly. She's caught in the middle. She loves Anakin, but she knows that what he's doing is wrong. Obi-Wan uses Padme perfectly. He, he kind of sets the trap and then follows her to where Anakin is. Anakin is thinking that Padme has betrayed him. The the intertwined motivations and uh, it's, it's it gives this fight a big fight feel. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, it feels like yeah, the like a really well-booked <laughs> storyline. Yeah. Like everything yeah, like they've really established it's it's not only is it for the title because he's like one of the last <laughs> Jedi, um, but it also has the emotional stakes that they've built up over the three movies so well. Not at all times, but pretty all right, well. let me let me tell you let me give an opinion here about where I think this movie's biggest mistake laid. Lied? Laid. Oh. Alright. Laid. <laughs> uh, so I think... <laughs> I think that um, Anakin, who is Vader at this point, should have been directly responsible for Padme's death. Um, I if, if I would have been booking this, I would have had Padme give birth to the twins before she goes to Mustafa. So that when she gets there, she can try and convince Anakin to come back home and, and see his children and not, not get sucked into this. And when he, when he, when Anakin thinks that Padme has led Obi-Wan to him, he force chokes her and accidentally kills her because I, 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 mean, I feel like that would have made Anakin hate himself even more. And then I feel like it kind of makes Padme look like shit a little bit at the end of the movie when she like just gave birth to two children and she's like, I don't have the will to live. I'm sorry. What do you think of that? I th- I thought that he did um he did lead to her death. Like didn't he he force well, choked her or whatever? No, she she's given birth at the end and like they say the the, the doctor dude is just like uh medically she's all right but we're losing her. I can't explain it. And like she dies of a broken heart. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, um, I Come think on, that's kind of that's kind of lame. I think that it kind of works because, um, he—I mean—he did cause it by what he did. You know, that's why her heart broke. But maybe, maybe it's too—it's too metaphorical, I guess. But I think that's what makes it tragic: is this thing that he was so concerned about, um, led him to do the things that. Um, made him the way that broke her heart and caused her death. I don't know. I mean, I I can I can accept like maybe he doesn't literally like choke her to death, but like I don't know something cooler than like I've lost the will to live. That that's kind of lame, especially when you've just given birth. You have <laughs> two kids now. You got a lot left to live for, <laughs> Padme. Okay, yeah, Come I don't on. know. I thought I th- <laughs> I thought it. Am I overthinking this? I thought it worked. No, I I see what you mean. Because I, I actually did think that, like, 
his choke i thought it was like his choke like messed her up and then it like she was giving birth (laughs) wrong or something i don't know or like at the wrong time no no yeah maybe that that no they they said she was she was fine she was just sad she was uh you know as as i would be if my wife turned to the dark side would you die? To be fair. Would you, I, you would die of a broken heart. Well, I don't think I would because well, they specifically say she's lost the will to live. And and you know what? If my wife turns to the dark side, I still got to look after my cat. I still got to look after my dog. That uh, you know, that that would just be me, like me being like, I've lost the will to live. Like, uh, Gooey, can you take Zora and I'm gonna give Lincoln to Mossies? You yeah. know what I mean? Like. Okay, okay. Um hindsight booking. I mean always, you know. Yeah. It actually it actually I think too if she had I I I can see what you mean. Um cuz if she had also done that, like I feel like she is kind of like on the sidelines for some of the movie compared to the other two movies where she like Yes. I like agree. whether she fought in the second one or in the first one, she's it turns out like she's actually making some political moves and that's kind of fun. Whereas in this she is sort of she like you said earlier, you called her a cog. She is more of just like a cog in the story in this one. Mm-hmm. She's not she's used like in a really effective way in this last scene, but she's not participating in like driving the plot. Mm-hmm forward necessarily i was sold on like the not, love not though, between the two of them <laughs> and so that i guess yeah, I, I was that too caused me to sort of go with the broken heart thing even though yeah it's a little it's a little melodramatic for sure you know a lot of people make fun of that line by the way when padme's like anakin you're breaking my heart and i don't think there's anything wrong with that line that i feel like that line was delivered is this fine. a reappraisal like of uh i don't like sand <laughs> Where we determined that uh, is fine. Yeah. yeah, I I think it might be, it might yeah. be. But but I kind of like making fun of the sand one, even though knowing like the context is like makes it fine. It's still kind of fun just to make fun it's, of sand. It's actually like, funny uh, out it's just of context. I like Natalie Portman. Yeah, I I think I just like Natalie Portman. I don't like when people make fun of her. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think she. I think don't, she's good. Don't do that. Um. Yeah. No. I that line didn't stick out to me. There is. There is like I feel like silly lines in this, um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. There's also a lot, I think there's a lot of good stuff going on. Well, uh, yeah, here I mean here we go. This fight, uh, Kenobi, Vader in the the volcanic planet of Mustafa, which was I guess based in Italy somewhere. <laughs> uh, this is awesome. I think that this is, I would rank this the second best Star Wars lightsaber fight. So, like, it doesn't have the same, I don't think it's quite on the same level as the Maul fight, but, like, the emotions elevate it to make it even better. Yeah. In some no, respects. It's, it is the most powerful one in the in the trilogy, for sure. And like you said, because uh, of it's just, the, all that build up, it's like, this is... That's why it's like sometimes these aren't, I think they're kind of weird sometimes as their own individual movies, <laughs> but I, I actually suggested they should have just released these movies as one really long movie. <laughs> Holy, can you imagine? <laughs> I'm going to make that cut because I know there's someone Dude. who 
um, I think it was fucking Topher Grace or somebody did a fan cut where they cut the all of the movies into one like short movie and they just cut out a lot of stuff to make it fit the more traditional oh, yeah. yeah you're right and it was kind of that was Topher Grace yeah it was fun to watch I remember watching it a while ago and thinking that's interesting nice choice but uh I think it it's so much fucking cooler like all this other story I don't know I think it's really cool I'm glad they got it all out there uh what what did he cut to make that well, so they much they don't shorter. even really have the first movie. It's it's more it's less of the um political machinations. There's definitely the elements of it, but they I think they really focus more on the Obi Wan Anakin relationship and build to that final moment. You know, mm, which I is see. that's fine. Um, you know, I. It's just him. It's just someone doing something for fun. So whatever, I I support it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, this I mean, this fight is awesome. Uh, Sidious and Yoda are also throwing hands, and this is this is a kind of okay fight as well. But I mean, like it's going on at the same time that like the greatest lightsaber fight in Star Wars is going on. So it doesn't seem as cool. It was cool, but I, uh, <laughs> it's kind of cool in like a different. It way. was fun when they were like because they were the two kind of factions here and then it's so it's like they're fighting in the senate chamber and and they're like throwing the fucking seats at each other there was something like it's a little cheesy but there's something like poetic about that dude once once Sidious turns in or Palpatine turns into Sidious he is just cackling non-stop he becomes a Dracula (laughs) oh man He's just like, ah, 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 like the whole, uh, the whole time. It's great. I've cracked the code. So Palpatine is a Dracula. Dooku is a Dracula. Darth Vader is a Frankenstein. (laughs) Wow. Hard hitting analysis, right? And he eventually turns on his master. (laughs) Exactly. He was a Frankenstein from the Jedi. The Jedi it's just Frankenstein like how did. Frankenstein isn't really that bad a guy. He he didn't ask to be made wow. all fucked up. <laughs> I'm Ooh, sorry. That's uh that's fucked up. Uh, what analysis? All right, well, I don't. Wow, I have failed you, Anakin. Oh, Obi Wan says, "Damn, what a what a good line." <laughs> yeah, this. This finishing sequence, the finish to this match is like, uh, it, it is wonder, very good because, like I said, it's it's his overconfidence, it's his arrogance that is his downfall. One just pre-match or um, during the match stuff, <laughs> someone uh, I saw someone point this out recently, but when they're flying around on just like the little platforms, it looks like they just respawned in Smash. <laughs> <laughs> Like, they're just zipping around on, on, like, what the fuck is going on? And, like, they're they're down to their last stock. <laughs> and it's, like, one of those interactive stages, because, like, the lava, like, platforms they're on, or, like, someone, I forgot who it was, like, hit the, like, fuck everything up control button. And it's, like, and everything's breaking apart. That was, that was just good. 
It's it's one of those like moving stages, like the ice yeah. climber stage. <laughs> Good, <laughs> great stage mechanics in this scene. Wow, this is an uh, amazing yeah, this- set piece. This is this is a good finish. You know how <laughs> earlier I was talking about how like uh, the the scenes where like the actors are actually allowed to like show motion. Those are good scenes. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I was watching this, and I thought that again because this is when Obi Wan is like, "You are my brother, Anakin." And I was oh, like, yeah. "Fuck!" And I was like, "Man, it, so the actors obviously are the problem. You know what's the problem? And this is a meta take." It's that these actors are fucking Jedi who aren't allowed oh, to be emotional. Okay. So the Jedi have ruined Anakin in the story and they've ruined him. Maybe not ruined him, but like outside of the story, they've lessened him because because Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor are playing Jedis, they're not allowed to be the good actors that we know that they can be. So being a Jedi ruined the these guys in-universe and... So you're saying so, the like, double the ba- fuck the Jedi. The bad, you, you think the stilted acting s- sells this a little bit? Well, I, let's look at the evidence. <laughs> what is the evidence tell? Who is who is the best actor in this movie? Ian McDermott. You are a hundred percent right. And what is that, dude? He's a fucking Sith. You know what? He's a Sith. <laughs> I'm so on board with this now uh, because also Christopher Lee. Also Christopher Lee, <laughs> and they're both Draculas. He's a Sith. Um, and also, when you think about it, who talks like the biggest fucking idiot in the world? Yoda. <laughs> 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 he, he has some of the worst sentences I've ever read in my life. <laughs> so I get it. It all makes sense. Uh, it it makes and let's let's not leave out either. That evil-sounding Darth Maul, who also was a rock star for his... I think he had one line of dialogue in the first movie, but it was sweet. And he's a Sith, and too. And he just had... Yeah. He had so much swag that the other... Yeah. Jedis could only wish to have... all. They all have, like, giant brain heads, or they're, like, a slimy <laughs> eel, and their name's, like, Plo Koon or some shit. Like, yeah, those guys are kind of lame. It's, yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> no, but it's, I guess, I guess Mace, Mace is kind of sweet in this movie, but yeah, like, even he, he's not unleashed. Yeah. You know, like, he, he's a Jedi. He's a Jedi. So being a Jedi is bad for business, bad for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Mace, there we go. Let's Mace wrap. did have the most uh, flow of, of all of them. Let's wrap this movie up here. We got uh, some conclusions to make. Yoda is exiled. Uh, Padme dies giving birth to Luke and Leia. Obi-Wan is going to go to Tatooine and watch over Luke and uh, learn how to communicate with Force ghosts. Leia is given to Bail... What's his name? Or- Organo? Oregano? Yeah. What the hell is that guy's name? Yeah, Bail or- Organa. Yeah. yeah. Organa, oh, Okay. <laughs> And Anakin finally played by Jimmy Smiths. Actually, I've given that guy like chicken salad before. (laughs) I used to, I briefly worked at Whole Foods (laughs) and uh, like uh, just the one. I mean, maybe this happens a lot at Whole Foods because that's like fancy, like fancy celebrities go there. Um, 
But yeah, Jimmy Smith's was a regular. One <laughs> the one I worked at. That is It sweet. was cool. <laughs> that, that's so dope. Here you go, Jimmy. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I never noticed this scene in episode three, Revenge of the Sith before. I wonder if you did. When, uh, when they're putting the mask on Anakin as his transformation into Vader is nearing its completion. You can barely hear it, but he whispers like, Padme, Padme, Padme. That was kind of sad. No. I, I was just like, man. That's in there? You gotta oh, watch that scene wow. again. Yeah. That's fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, it, it was just like, dude. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I wish that they would have actually made that a little bit more audible um, so that you can hear it. And like... I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking with that. Like, no, at the very end. But that, <laughs> yeah, that 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 deserves that deserves what it gets. That that makes it tough because it's like one of the last moments people remembered of the movies, and then it became kind of a meme. Oh man, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous, and and I I don't I wouldn't defend that. It's it's pretty bad. Um, but yeah, there we go. The movie ends with Palpatine and Darth Vader looking at the Death Star being yeah, not a feel good ending. There go. Oh, also, also, we we get to look at Jar Jar fucking Binks and Boss Nass one last time. I I felt sad. Funeral. So there's also sad that. Boss Nass was no good, but I was pretty stoked he was there. Let's get get him back. Yeah, he should have been in a little bit more. Yeah, better than new. There you go. That is the end of the movie. And that that is the end of three years worth of, well, I guess two years worth of virtual theater analysis and coverage yeah. of these Star Wars movies. It's pure praise. <laughs> well, I, I don't think we need to talk about the reception or anything like that. We all know what it was. Um, this is, I think a lot of people I, like I, this I, one somewhat, right? I think a lot of people do as well, but I, I just want to talk about the legacy of the prequels just a little mm-hmm. bit, just in general. Because, like, you know how we were talking about how the Matrix sequels are, are maybe kind of experiencing somewhat of a resurgence in, not popularity, but just, like, acceptance, I yeah. guess? I, I Maybe it's just me and our circle of people, but I kind of feel like the prequels do a little bit, too. And maybe that's just because there's, like all this really great media associated with it, like the clone wars and, and that kind of stuff. And like, um, uh, maybe it's because the, the new star Wars movies didn't have like the greatest reception, but I, I do feel like more people now are just like, you know what? These, these prequel movies aren't that bad. And maybe it's cause like people a lot, like the newer generation grew up watching them like you and I did. Yeah. And uh, even I, I younger, I, I feel like the tide has shifted. Yeah. And I, I think um, even though you could say it's like, oh, like people actually like this other stuff that's associated with it. I think that speaks to how actually like much of an impression it made because that Clone War show is based on the ideas in these movies and uh, I it ties into them, obviously. And then you're seeing like some of these characters and stuff like that pop up. Like, I, I don't really watch these shows, but I know they're in, like, The Mandalorian and, you know, this Boba Fett show. It's It's got the guy who's now, 
you know they've that that clone backstory or whatever i don't know like they're bringing these characters mm. so yeah there's definitely like there is definitely like a good amount of people who that is a good impression for or else they wouldn't do it you know it's uh i don't know it, it makes me feel makes me feel i good i guess maybe or not good because i'm not i've never been like a, a diehard star wars guy and I, I still would say i'm not really but like you know just kind of like kind of like just the same thing that we were talking about at the very beginning of the show with like the mario bros movies and video game movies where like you revisit this and you're like and you're just like it's not perfect but I, actually i do think that it is pretty good yeah. like maybe maybe better than anyone thought at the time so this this has been like quite the uh the eye-opening journey and in particularly i feel like for revenge of the sith because there was so much like watching this movie last night where i i've seen this movie countless times like so much of it was like so chilling in a in a different kind of way Mm. it was like it was pretty cool yeah yeah it yeah (laughs) some of those scenes are pretty they take on new meanings for sure Anything, uh, man, anything that, that we should add, wrap up, um, uh, to the, to the Star Wars prequels here before we get I, out yeah, of here? Yeah, I don't think... Anything left on the table? I think we kind of said a lot. I, it, yeah, it just does make me think about how there are, there, this is such a, like, I do kind of sometimes like the unexplained and, like, the magic of the originals. I think it's pretty cool and pretty fun that even even in those there feels like yeah there is this world beyond what we can see <laughs> that is like kind of interesting and maybe sometimes the mystery of what it could actually be is better but it is fun. I don't know, it's a it's a fun world to explore. I agree. Um you know what before we before we go on to I was talking to someone about this and uh I kind of like I, he said something and I and I kind of agree with it and I didn't realize that I did agree with it. But one of the one of the reasons that I don't really love the sequel trilogy is cuz they like completely disacknowledged, they refused to acknowledge the prequel trilogy and I feel like I kind of resented that a little bit on like a subconscious level. Mm. Like they don't mention the Sith, they don't mention Anakin, they don't mention midichlorians, midichlorians yeah. which is fine because like everybody hated midichlorians, whatever. I, I, yeah. like, I, I don't know. It feels like it. I, I just it, he said he said like I resent that, and I feel like I kind of do too. I do. I do. Sometimes I feel that a little bit. Um, like because that definitely ties back into what I what I was saying about like then it, but then it acts like it got all these ideas out of nowhere, you know. Mm-hmm. like it i don't know under underappreciated yeah these movies are and and probably will be unfortunately I, I think that they'll never have the complete turnaround maybe that uh in opinion and public opinion that that they should but maybe that's okay mm-hmm. and maybe there could just be people like us that kind of have these as their own little gems even though we're talking about star wars the biggest franchise in the world but you know yeah I do remember, yeah, I do remember when Force Awakens first come out, came out, I was still kind of in the mode of, like, like I said, skeptical about the prequels. And I I actually do remember thinking, like, they did nail, like, kind of recreating 
some of the vibe of the original, like that original trilogy. But then it like, yeah, it it just leaves Mm -hmm. you of like questioning, like what? (laughs) So the world, like, I don't know. That's what's interesting about the difference between the way the prequels look and the original movies is like the world actually like grew and developed, but instead it's just like, yeah, there's a bigger, there's a bigger empire. Uh, it's got a bigger death star. It's going to blow up five planets. You know, it's just like, okay, we're just doing the same thing. It's, uh, yeah, it, I actually, and I really like the force awakens, but, uh, I, I agree. It, it was, yeah, I don't know. It didn't feel as inspired <laughs> as these movies felt. Cause like, this was such a, an insane, like story, like with all the politics <laughs> and like going back all the way back to the Phantom Menace and like the opening Star Wars scroll where they they were talking about fucking trade tariffs and yeah. stuff. Like that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think we mentioned it with some of like in our matrix episode about, you know, maybe some of like the way it's delivered is <laughs> a little confusing. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I watch it now and it all it all connects pretty well. So maybe I just I don't know. Who knows? Maybe I just wasn't willing. Maybe maybe we've seen it too. That's many true. Times. I did I see know. the first one but, when uh, I was nine years old. So. Oh, man. Well, we we are at the end. We're at the end of our Star Wars mm-hmm. journey. Uh, we're our friends, Maul and Anakin and Obi-Wan and Newt Gunray and Palpatine, we're, we're saying goodbye to them all, and we're also saying goodbye to you, the listener. This has been a long, long ass episode, but uh, I think I think we delivered uh, in this episode. I, I think this is our best Star Wars episode yet. Yeah, I, I had a blast. So roll tide. Star Wars is, is cool. Yeah, it is cool. Star Wars, yeah, Star Wars is cool. When it's done, when Star Wars is like done properly, Star Wars is very hot cool. take. That's like saying like uh the Beatles are cool or something <laughs> like by the way I saw that you had that Beatles show on your thing yeah I'm that. intending to check that out I I can't wait Peter yeah, Jackson cool. another hero um but yeah oh <laughs> yeah can you imagine? no let's not even go to Lord no, of the Rings no. uh all right we're gonna we are we're we're gonna get out of here because we were running on for forever here uh but this was this is it this is the end of Star Wars we hope that you guys uh, Doug, what we are, what we did with the prequel trilogy, we hope that maybe we convince some of you skeptics out there to go back and look at these movies in a different light. Uh, we are going to get out of here. We just released our Matrix shows, and we have some big shows planned for 2022, so stick with us. Uh, and you can stick with us over on SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. You know the drill. Check us out. And check us out over on Twitter, at VirtualTheorX, and also... Spateri 316 and Gooey Fame. Uh, And we are also, one more plug here, we're on Patreon. We got so much extra stuff over on Patreon, it's pathetic. We got so many extra shows and uh, Captain N and the Game Master and what a what a experience that is, my goodness. Come join, yeah. Uh, So yeah, check us out there. Come and come and support virtual theater. That'd be awesome. Yes, please. Uh, Until next time, everybody, have a happy new year, a safe new year, and uh, we're we're ready to to whip ass in 2022. (laughs) Happy New Year. Roll tight.